Chapter 28, verse 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. This is the angel we're talking about. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Isn't it funny when someone raises a life, somebody else became dead in the moment? Devil. He's alive, devil. Verse 5, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified on Friday. But he's not here. He's risen. Just as he said he would do. Isn't that good? Come and see where the place where he was laying, he's not there. Verse 7, then quickly go and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to the disciples. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Jesus met them. Oh boy. Greetings, he said, you know. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Clasp is like, man, they tackled his feet and held on tight and worshiped the dead man who was risen, the dead man who said greetings and was walking. Then Jesus said, don't be scared. I mean, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Tell them to go to Galilee. I'm on my way. And there they will see me. My title today is living like tomorrow was today. Look to your neighbor, tell them living like tomorrow was today. Now I went over this a lot in my head and I said, Lord, help me say this right, that I don't get so poetic. People are leaving confused. Let me actually give them a revelation or let you give them a revelation. Let me speak it right. As the Easter story unfolds this weekend, we always remember two moments. Jesus on the cross and Jesus resurrected. And what if though this expression of love between death and life is also a foreshadow to our days ahead in the kingdom? At the time of the apostles witnessing Jesus, after the resurrection, there was a moment. Everybody say a moment. They all had where they remembered back the things Jesus said before he went to the cross. And in this moment, they no longer wondered what the future held, but they knew what the future would bring. See, we all have this aha Jesus moment where God gives us us enough that we no longer have to wonder what the future will bring because he's made it clear enough that we no longer worry about it. We've got it covered. How would your life change if you knew the outcome from the circumstance, the solution from the problem? I preach it all the time that I'm, I'm the faithless guy who came to Jesus, who had to know the end from the beginning, but God says you step first and I'll show you as you go. And now the pastor's saying, well, what if you know the solution from the end? Well, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Because faith walks without 
knowing the end. So why would the pastor suggest that what if I knew the solution from the end? Because that would mean he said there's no faith. But no, I'm going to tell you there's a way to know and still have faith. What if God designed this thing called life so you could live like tomorrow was today? Maybe God is intending that you live like what comes tomorrow is right now. And that's always at the forefront of your mind. And I can tell you the first thing, because they called me and told me when it happened, the apostle said was what just happened? Yesterday was Silent Saturday. We've talked about it. They all went to Starbucks and they sobbed together over the missing Jesus. Because Friday, their friend and their leader left them after he said he would never leave them. He said they'd be endued with power to go and wait and all these things. And all they see is a missing Jesus. So Saturday comes and they're wondering, what just happened? Everything I believed about this guy is gone. Everything I trusted about what he said, he left us. Has anybody ever felt left by someone you put everything invested into? And then you go, what just happened. And the first thing we think of, especially as the righteous Christian Pharisee minds, we say, how could God do this to me? I'm so faithful. Isn't that good? Why would God do this to me? We quickly forget that he has a purpose over each of our lives and that to find purpose, you gotta operate on your own sometimes and you gotta have a revelation for it to stick. So if Jesus never left them to do something, they could never figure it out. Isn't that good? He didn't say I was going bye-bye forever. He says for a little while and in three days he says something's gonna happen and they didn't know what he was talking about. He kept talking about the temple, and they're like, he's going to wreck that temple? Yeah, he did that too. And in three days, he's going to build up that temple? They didn't know he was talking about himself, that he is the temple. He is the body. But in the moment, how did they feel? They were in limbo, I think, wondering and confused. Yet here Jesus had laid it out all for them. And now you've got today where Mary and Mary, uh, there's something about Mary, right? And and, and, and Jesus likes the Marys to show them first, something about their dedication. Remember uh, Mary of Bethany, remember she would worship him even when, when Martha was busy cooking. Who was at his feet back then? Mary. So now we got Mary again clasping the feet of Jesus because she was faithful and God needs someone faithful to take it forward to the message he's sending to the disciples. So he chooses the Marys, which is so cool. They're going, okay, he was dead, and I just saw a dead man walking. The tomb's empty. How did he do that? Even when it's something good, it can shock your spiritual system, and you don't know what to make of it. But all this preparation God gave them, and now here it is, game time. You know, you can plan all day, but implementation is a lot harder. You can talk about your faithfulness all day, but testing it out is a lot harder. And it means nothing until there's a test for it. And so God had to test them so they'd be ready because they don't know in 50 days something else is coming like a mighty rushing wind. Y'all tracking with me? Y'all awake out there? Oh, he's getting Bible on me. Yeah, that's what we do. 
He's preparing them so they can endure later to take his place. But right now they're confused and they feel abandoned. But God says, I did that to you for a moment. Because implementation is much harder. The real thing is much harder. The Instagram version isn't real. We can look real good with our Clarendon filter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's my favorite filter on Instagram. It's so good. We replicated with all our, uh, our one seed posts. We recreated the Clarendon filter. You know why, Chris? Because the Clarendon makes all the photos just look so good. It brings the highs up and the darks down. But that's not real life. They don't know, like, I got the breakout and the sweaty, and, the, and, and, and my kids were just getting yelled at before the photo. Or, or, like, the one time I did the shot in the car, it says Instagram, real life. And on the Instagram picture, they're like, woohoo, we love each other. And the, and the real one, Taz was choking Caleb. And it was funny, but it was true. Instagram, real life. You can study all day, but until you put it into some street smarts, it's not going to stick. And it's, it, that's where you learn something, it's application. So God had to give them this window to feel the burden for a minute. But they thought God had left them. They said, life isn't fair. What just happened? Maybe I should just go back to my fishing net, quit fishing for these men. I got to say, fishing for men can be painful because people are moody and mean and not nice. And ladies, too, you can be just as ugly spiritually. Maybe I should just go back to fishing for fish, says the apostles, because people are hard to fish for, you know? And now my leader who told me I could do it, they, he just left me too. So now what? Maybe this whole thing was a wash. I'm going to go back to my nets and do what I was doing before Jesus came. But what if God designed this thing so you could live like tomorrow was today? Watch this, watch this. How do we do that? Michelle sets up the computer every week, pro presenter. And she put my scriptures in yesterday. And she goes, there's a mistake. She goes, you put them out of order. And I said, no, I didn't, says the Lord. I said, I put them out of order so they'd be in order for Sunday. Because, because we think chronologically, right? Right? So we thought chronologically, that's how it should be. But God said, I got to start you today so you can remember when I did that back then so you know how to accommodate for tomorrow. So watch this. Matthew 16. Let's jump back, shall we? Now here I am an apostle. Let's pretend I got my Bible. Jesus just left. And Jesus says, go to Matthew, if he had it, 16. Watch this, 16, 21 through 25. From that time on, Jesus, this is back when Jesus was still with them. Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed on the third day to be raised to life. And Peter, go figure, took him aside, I lost my place, I lost my place. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus, Jesus turned to Peter. We all know what he did. Get behind me, devil. You are a stumbling block to me. 
You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said after that to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross, follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, this is so good, I would pay attention. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me shall, come on somebody, shall find it. That's what I like. Now here's Peter, one of the greatest preachers of the New Testament, trying to prevent the will of God in the moment because he said, well, I don't know about this. Anybody felt that way? I forget. I shouted, never, Lord. Never, Lord, out of fear for me. This isn't about Jesus. This is because I'm scared. Never, Lord, shall you go to the cross, because really, I'm scared, Lord. I'm going to plant that church because I'm scared. I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to commit to that person. I'm not going to be a good father, be a good parent. I'm not going to pursue that business because I'm scared of the unknown. I've been worse than Peter. Has anybody else been worse than Peter? Foul mouth Peter? When it's about me. The Bible says you got to speak life to the situation. Peter was speaking death. Remember, we're looking back. Peter is standing at the cross. The tomb is gone. He's about to find out Jesus is alive. But on Saturday, he's looking back going, what did God tell me? I was speaking death. How can I expect it to grow when I speak death to the soil? Never, Lord. Get behind me, says the Lord. God says you are to speak life in an agreeance, in unity, together, out of the mouth of two or more, my word shall not return void. On and on, I'm paraphrasing. We do it together, and in the middle, there I shall be, in agreeance, unified, one accord, one mind. You getting this? And when I speak death and say what God can't do, I'm working for somebody else. Who are you working for? Well, I'm working for Jesus. Well, so did Peter think so, but he wasn't. God said, you're working for the enemy. Get behind me. Look to your neighbor, tell him who you're working for. Ooh, I don't like that. Good. Then you'll remember it this week. When you speak death to God's will over your life, over your church, over the possibilities. You're supposed to live with expectation. And if you're living with doubt, the fish tank it will not change. You know what you want to do when you're going to get a bigger fish? You put them in a bigger tank. You keep the fish in the smaller tank. I had a turtle. That thing finally crawled out of that thing onto my floor. And my mom says, time to go. She said, Jeffrey, you never play with that turtle anyway. I said, I know. I don't want it. It stinks up my room. Says 10-year-old. Really? If we don't come together like the apostles and say no, our God would not do that to us. He said what he would do later. I'm going to remember what he did back then. Because he didn't leave me hanging back then. He got me together. He showed me miracles. I saw Lazarus come to life because of him. So I'm going to remember when so I can start seeing tomorrow, today. Speak life. Yes, Toby Mac is right. 
Speak life, speak life. Come on, in the pouring rain. Boom, down, think down. I don't know where it's done. Yeah, yeah, I know you never seen nobody do that like this. I know it's weird, but the Lord's speaking. <laughs> I like Toby. What are you speaking? Am I going to bring to life what Jesus laid at my feet? That's my choice. That's good, Nate. Nate's good like that. It's up to us to put the legs on the prayers. Are we going to take it forward or expect it to fall out of the sky? We're going to take it forward because what Jesus did yesterday is true today. So I know tomorrow will be blessed. I don't have to worry about it because I know what he did back then. I remember when. What if God designed this life so you could live like tomorrow was today? You know, we always preach that <clears throat> we only have to see one foot in front of us for the mission. And that God will only give us enough visibility to see, you know, a couple feet. Imagine driving at night with your headlights, and when the headlights run out, that's the rest of your journey. You don't really know what it looks like yet. You just have enough to keep moving forward, right? That's what, that's what faithfulness is. It's that you have enough headlights to keep moving forward. You don't know what it looks like two miles down a road until what, what, you get close enough. But God does something really cool here in Romans. I'm going to tie this all together so you're getting this. I went back. Now I'm going to go forward. He says in Romans, and this is to the church now. This is way later. This is after he rose again, and then he came back, and he allowed them to take his place through the infilling of the Spirit on, on Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost, he came and he, he, they replaced him to now go do his work. And so now we get to Romans, and Paul's out there with them. Remember, Paul, the Jew that thought Jesus was the enemy, now he's the biggest advocate to the Gentiles, by the way. Some, someone just said, someone said, I don't know about them converting. I said, Paul did. He was killing people, and he converted, and not only did he convert, he became the biggest preacher to the Gentiles in the New Testament. It was basically the Peter and Paul show, for the most part, from the church forward. So we're going to jump way ahead now. Now Jesus is gone. The apostles are out doing what's called the Great Commission. They're spreading the gospel. And Paul says this in Romans. This is so good, somebody. And we know that in all things, God works for the good, for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, this is, this is where it's going to click. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In those he predestined, he called. In those he called, he justifies. In those he justifies, he glorified. God is saying, just like I knew what you would do before you came to your mother's womb, I know what you will do in the days to come. And I'm not controlling you, but I'm giving you a choice. And I know ahead that your, your journey is protected. So as long as I know, now you know. You can know that the journey is protected. You may not know what it looks like, but you know how it's going to be that God has it covered tomorrow. Y'all getting this? If I forget, I can remember when. And if I worry, I can trust tomorrow is covered. When I know God has my outcome, oh, this makes churches so much easier. 
I know it's attainable. Because, dear Lord, it doesn't look like I thought it would. But I know if he has the outcome, it's attainable. And if it's attainable, then it ain't nothing but a thing. It can't be stopped. If I know my, my future is protected by the covenant of Jesus, I know what tomorrow is today. You getting this? So I can live stronger today. I can live different tomorrow because tomorrow, today, because tomorrow is always on the forefront of everything I do right now. That's why it's so important you get this. That will change your behavior to people like Paul who wrote that. God will lead you to his glory on the cross. You don't have to be scared because Jesus is with you. He never left them. He just was testing them. Jesus is with you in your pursuit towards purpose. Our vision at One Seed is discover God's perfect plan made just for who? You. I got my own. Mitch, you got your own. Curry, you got your own. Each one of us has a unique blueprint, and together God brings that together, and he does something special, and that's what the church is. If Jesus died and rose, maybe he's showing me what I should do. If Jesus died, maybe I need to die. Because Jesus had to die to rise, so if I have to rise, how can I rise if I never die? I can never die until I know I need to, I need to die, so I'm going to turn. We call that repentance. He was killed, buried, and rose. God says, that's what you need to do too. That's so good. He says, I can't expect nothing from you if I didn't go through it first, but I did it. So you can't say, I don't understand it, and I did it, so you can never say that I can't relate to you because I'm not a God that's over here in the, in the universe. I'm flesh and blood like you, and I felt that pain on the cross. Yeah, the nails really hurt me, and my God, yeah, but I still have feelings too. Otherwise, there'd be no union opportunity for man. How do we live tomorrow like it's today? We live tomorrow now by walking by faith, not by sight. God knows, now I know. God knows, now I know that when I walk by faith, I don't have to see it because I know it. God sees it for me. God sees my tomorrow for me. I don't have to see it because I know what's coming, because God knows what's on the road. I don't need Google to tell me there's an accident because God gave me my own map system to the kingdom. You can clap for that. It's good to give God some praise and unity because the word is good and it never returns void. When you find yourself worrying about tomorrow this week, just remember when. God covered my tomorrow so I can live in his foreknowledge of tomorrow now. If y'all can stand, I want to show you something cool. I'm going to do a demonstration. Where are my boys at? Caleb, Colty. Come here, guys. They're my little lumberjacks. Can y'all grab the drill and some lumber for me, please? Oh, this is good. Don't kill each other. 
Don't hit your sister. That's my daughter. That's my two boys. We got people everywhere. Thank you, son. Give it up for Caleb Colton. What's he going to do with that drill? Oh, I asked for it. Okay. You scared me with that thing. I thought he was going to put a little screw in dad. Um, <laughs> this is so cool. Nolana, you're going to like this. It's so cool. So a couple years ago, uh, we were in my basement, and it was me and my little sister, Nolani, my daughter, my wife, and Cameron, and how many remember Easter where I held the cross the entire message? I held his cross because I wanted to show what it's like to endure while doing something, and it got a little heavy, and I don't know if y'all remember, I took out part of my ceiling because I got a little excited, and the ceilings are low, and I, sh- I, I shoved it right into the drywall on, the, on accident. And so I was trying to figure out what, what to give y'all today, and Last night, God says, you need that cross. I'm like, well, Jesus, everybody uses the cross on Easter. It's kind of predictable. God's like, you call my cross predictable? Shame on you. I said, no, I'm sorry. So I start to look for the cross, okay? And I can't find my cross. And so my parents live close next door, and they always got a good amount of lumber nearby. And so I'm like, maybe the cross is in their garage, okay? And so I go to the garage, and guess what I don't find? A cross. And so I go, I know I'm going to build a new one, but I really, God, I really wanted it to be the same one so they can remember with me what we felt back then, what we felt when no one else knew the doubt. And so I grabbed two pieces of lumber. Get this with me. This is so cool. I grabbed two pieces of lumber. I went to assemble it last night, and guess what I grabbed? The same two pieces that have the four holes in them from the first time. You seen this? It's a garage full of lumber, people. I just randomly grabbed two, and it was the same two, and, and the holes were there. And I thought, dear Lord, God is saying something to this. My cross was in pieces. My cross wasn't assembled, it was two sticks. I disassembled this. Has anybody had a cross they carried and then they put it away for a while and they said, maybe it's not working? So they put it back in the garage and it's now two sticks again? Has anybody ever been through that? You know, we're supposed to keep carrying it but we get tired of holding it and it's just wood again to us and we say, even the pastors say, I don't know God if this is working. Can I fix this? Oh, sorry. Hey. 
I know that I had seen this before and it didn't stay looking like this. So everybody talks about your cross and Jesus dying, but maybe some of you broke your cross and threw it back in the garage because you thought Corona was ending it all. We stood in the basement and I held on to this thing. I clasped at its feet because this was the only hope we had. Now look at it. I don't know, this might be the biggest service we've ever had, Vincent. Because after five Easter's, God said I was never not doing something. How dare you take apart my cross and shove it back in the garage. You hang on to that thing when it feels doubtful. So what I did last night is I was remembering when. Do you remember, Nolani, you remember the basement? Chloe, you remember the basement? Michelle, you remember the basement? Cameron, I'm sure you're watching online in Arkansas. He remembers the basement and the bagels. And as happy as I had to look, guys, I was scared that this wasn't going to work. I was scared. And every time I got scared, Jesus says, remember when, Peter? Remember when? Remember when you put it together once? I'm telling somebody today that that this may be your moment to reconstruct the cross you threw down because it just didn't look enough to satisfy why you lost that loved one. It didn't, it, didn't look, it didn't look like it was enough to satisfy how they did that to you and that your Messiah had left you. So you maybe just took the drill back out and pulled those screws right back out and put it back as two sticks. God says, it's not too late to reassemble that thing. God says, my cross is different. I never stopped carrying it. And that's why you need my grace. Because if I stopped carrying that cross up the hill, I would have never made it to Sunday. So it's okay that you couldn't do it because you can't do it without me. So I'm going to carry it and I'm going to give glory. And every time I feel doubt that it's not enough, I'm going to clasp to my Jesus. I'm going to clasp to me Jesus. We give reverence today, God. We're going to worship you now, God. We're going we're gonna to carry our cross up the hill. We're going to give our life so we can find it. We're going we're gonna to deny our flesh and take up the cross and follow you up to Golgotha and stand there on the hill like, bar, like the criminals, God. We worship you now and we give thanks.